0: We are I. All right, everybody, we're sitting down here with Brittany today. She's a 27-year-old bikini athlete. Uh, She started all this fitness journey when she was 17. She's done six regional shows so far, and she's made it to provincials twice. Uh, She's a full-time trainer at Club 16 in Abbey, and she's currently just finishing up her sports nutrition modules, which is going to be the big next step for Brittany, and welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Blake. Good. Um, So I kind of want to get right into it, because 17 for all this... like. Even to today's standards, it's kind of like young, like so you're talking 10 years ago now, like what what started it all? Like what was it back then that like triggered it at 17?
1: Um, Well, I've always been like an athlete growing up doing track and field, ballet. Um, Martial arts was a huge, big, really big milestone for me. I did with my dad and um, finished that when I was 16. So when I got into high school, they had a weight training program. And so I wanted to just see when my training levels could be taken to the next level because I was doing all these different sports. I wanted to start adding some mass on and seeing where my body could take me. and loved the program there. It was my favorite course out of grade 12. and that's kind of what started it all for me and jumped right into schooling the following November after. Graduation.
0: So you kind of brought up something. This is a subject that I started talking about with uh, some of these young youth athletes have come on here. So you said you did martial arts with your dad. Yeah. So Did your parents play sports or like do your mom or your dad like, you know, like what was the connection there? Like, why did you end up doing that with your dad?
1: Um, no, my mom, um, way back in the day, like when she was 17, um, she almost made it to an Olympic swim team. So the athletic gene has kind of always been in our family. But after that, she never really continued with sports. She had a very physical demanding job and, my dad was used to lift weights back in the day like he had a little home gym here and there would work out and
0: then we just the old weeder system that everybody had <laughs> back in the garage yeah.
1: oh yeah the, the classic yeah and so yeah we just decided to uh started out in white rock doing martial arts with him at a very young age me my sister and my dad um my mom was super busy so he just decided he wants to stay fit and set a good example for his kids and so we did that, and we moved out of White Rock, so we quit for a while, and me and my dad and my sister started back up again in Langley, and it was something we really enjoyed doing together because he was, had such a busy work schedule. It was our way to connect with each other in a fun way instead of, hey, do the dishes, or hey, clean your room. So kind of switch things up for our relationship
0: and definitely made it stronger for us. And seeing and like the because this is the, this is kind of like my point where I'm starting to refine my own thought process behind this is that because there's so many kids growing up now who aren't active, Like, they're never going to have the ability to be able to teach that to their children. Like, like the value of, for one, being active and how they felt from being active as a kid and, like, the experiences that they shared, whether it was with friends or, like, a team or traveling or, like, all these kind of things. But just even, like, the connection, the interpersonal connection with inside of a family. Like, you know, like, your dad was like, okay, I want to do this. I want to do this with my daughters. I've been in a physically demanding environment before, you know, athletically, and I can see doing something like that with my daughters has value. You know, but when these kids are growing up and they have no no base no foundation and they start having kids like do you see that being a problem
1: yeah hugely like it kind of it's kind of scary really like um now that you bring that up I think about my little brother like he um doesn't have the best father figure um different father um and having his mother pass away when he was seven was really tough on him and they were super close but ever since then he's been less and less active because with her he'd always be outside with her something they were best friends because we were getting older we were 16 17 so mom had the little one and it's kind of scary seeing like he's playing video games and how into it he is and I love that he found something he's passionate about but yeah it's it's the sports and his dad discouraging him on sports it's scary to see a parent do that who was an athlete themselves so he's got the drive like he's I know he can do it it's just I can see what you mean like it's there was no pass on for him where with me there was a pass on my dad's like
0: let's do this let's show you what being fit and healthy is all about so you know and I think that like the two sides of that for me is like with young boys and I think like just like men in general like, we just have a certain amount of, like, angst and energy that we just need to dispel. You know, like, because, you know, you're not out there just, like, wrestling with your buddies. And we're, like, we're, like, that, like, I look at how much time I spent, like, beating on my friends when I was young. So we all just did, like, that was a part about being a boy. It's like, you wrestled and you beat on each other and you played sports. And, like, that was, it was, you're very physical with each other but that doesn't exist anymore and then they're getting into like isolated environments and what does that spell for their mental health not knowing how to expel that energy but for you know girls and especially being a father of three girls I want them to go out there be able to beat on those boys if it comes down to it <laughs> and, like have the tools and the ability to be able to move their body and handle situations and have the confidence to be able to to do that so if we're not we're not exposing our children to these environments like you know like what tools are we really giving them to be able to navigate situations that may not be in their favor totally
1: yeah no um and like that's like that's what I'm trying to do for him like I'm trying to portray to him a different image and it's one of the reasons why I do what I do is because watching my mom suffer through her sickness I don't want to see him go through that I don't want to see like anyone close to me I don't want to see the general population have to suffer through that we're human it's going to happen but if I can prevent that as much as possible and set as good as example not to just him but he could pass it on to his friends like hey guys let's go out let's go for a run let's do this like just creating that environment because kids don't do that for each other nowadays like my little guy I've He's in an after school golf program already. He's five, going on six. He's played soccer. He loves running. Like I keep him very active and he eats what I eat. So he's eating all those green vegetables and it's just portraying that right image to your children because monkey see, monkey do
0: kind of situation. See and this is always my interesting conversation that I or an interesting conversation that I get with a lot of parents when they talk about you know, like how active children should be. And I find it to be the same perplexing conversation they have with adults. It's like, well, if we're at a time, species-wise, as humanity, that we're the most lazy we've ever been, how can anybody say that anybody's being too active now? You know, like we're, you know, I'm sure with like, you know, live my son in an after-school, um, you know, golf program, he's going to school, and it's just like, you know, you're active, you're doing all these things, it's like, oh, you're gonna burn your child out, or, you know, you're doing too much, it's like, well, if you just left kids to be with other kids like all day and they weren't in school or structured environments where they may have been, say, 500 years ago and like hundreds of thousands of years before that, they weren't sitting around watching apples grow on trees like what they would be in classrooms now. Like they were out climbing trees and roughhousing and running all over and gone for miles and coming back. Like that's what they did every single day or they were pitching in with like their community, their tribe, or like whoever they were with. So, how do we live? in that box now is saying that our children are too active when if anything that they're the laziest they've ever been ever for hundreds of thousands of years
1: yeah no there's a lot of barriers and it's parents putting a lot of barriers on their children like i used to be able to walk down blocks to go to my friend's house okay mom see you in a couple hours nowadays it's like you left an inch off your property and they're picking up the phone like i lost my child kind of deal like let let them be kids
0: like Looking. Have you heard of the free range children bill that they started passing in some states and there's a, a mother in Manitoba who's trying to get it passed in Canada and I think a father in Ontario. So what it is, because there's so many, well, there there's a growing number of parents who are just saying like, no, I'm going to take my children's personal sovereignty back for them and say, you know, if you're... Seven I think like the age is seven that they, they've come up with is saying, okay Well, you can walk that couple blocks to the park You can walk that couple blocks to school. You can go play with your friends, you know, and just be free as a child without fear of persecution from having your children taken away or the authorities being brought in so they um, Utah was the first state to pass it. It's Kids as young as seven can have that freedom to be able to walk through parks and the parents don't have to worry about being prosecuted, you know, by children's services or the police or taken to court or anything. They now can have the freedom as parents saying, like, it's comfortable and I'm legally allowed to do it. But it's sad the government has had to step in and say, okay, you helicopter micromanage parents, you need to take a step back and let these parents just let their kids be kids like isn't it sad that that's what's had to happen
1: it's so sad yeah like I don't remember anything like that when I was a kid nothing like that like if you wanted to walk to your school that was blocks and blocks and blocks away you could do it didn't have cell phones at the age of 10 back then didn't have even our iPods back then we just were kids I grew up with barnacles in my feet and like sand between my toes like I'd walk the beach barefoot that's that's how I lived and so yeah it's really sad to see how this generation is just it's going down with that physical fitness and if we could be if parents could be as pushy with how they are in education and university as they are with health we wouldn't have this problem
0: yeah that actually is a really good point I've never really thought about that before is that you know we push and push and push our kids you know for like education and university and you know really looking at that goal but like that's kind of like the polarized goal that everybody works to, and there's a lot of children who go through who end up just hating life because of that.
1: Yeah, and if you're not healthy and living a healthy lifestyle, you might not make it through that university your parents pushed you to go through. So find the balance in both and teach your kids both. Like it's really simple. Like have the lifestyle, do the lifestyle you wanna do, show it to your kids. They're gonna copy you. Do that Because then they're going to be able to find balance. If you can show them that you can be a mom or a dad, work out, enjoy life, like go do those fun things. They're going to see that and they're going to grow up having a better understanding of just how the general world works, not just one set. you got to go to school for four years. You've got to get this degree. It's not all about that. Like there's a lot of success, successful children out there that are
0: athletes and they strive to
1: be athletes because that's what they want to do they're or they smart. might even
0: be better academically because they've just they've they've burnt off that energy or they have more emotional balance because they're physically active and like the two environments make them a whole and better person to be able to excel in everything totally you know but like you know back to kind of like what we were talking about with like kids and you're like walking down the street and like you know every time I have this conversation with people I always come back to thinking that I felt awesome I always remember just walking around like my buddies or like the girls that were with us and like it was just it was awesome no matter what age we were at like walking down the street like feeling like you know this was like our place our neighborhood and just kind of like all hanging out together like you know going from one house to the next or a park to the next and you know like kids really miss out on that and you know like thinking about like social structure now like do you remember, you know, I don't know if you're around this, I'm almost 10 years older than you are, but um, the whole strength in numbers thing, like where they encouraged kids to be able to get together. So it was kind of like the anti bowling thing of its day saying, you know, like strength in numbers, you know, like if you have, you know, like your friends with you, you know, like you're not going to get into trouble, you know, like you're not going to have to worry about these social situations or somebody like attacking you or a stranger danger because there was like five of you or 10 of you. You're kind of like this little army walking around and keeping each other safe.
1: Yeah, no, like I, it's how we were, like block parties with the kids too, we get up, go to school together, it's five or six of us and totally like that feeling, like the parents felt a lot better too, my mom was more comfortable with it, my dad was, they kind of let us do our own thing anyways and I think it's what's created how I am today, having that understanding of freedom and balance and being able to take control of your life
0: it's you learn all of that as a kid that's what all growing up's about yeah because you know like all those kids instead of there being like the five or six or ten kids all walking to school together hanging out after school or on the weekend there might be like that only one or two or three kids like kind of like transiently walking around a neighborhood trying to find those other kids but their parents won't let them out of the house
1: yeah and and that's the sad thing like you think like oh man like that my kid doesn't have any friends or that poor kid's not really hanging out with anyone. It's, no, that kid has freedom. He doesn't have friends, well, he does, but they just don't have the freedom he has. He has the ability to do kind of what he wants to do in a sense so
0: but yeah Well, that and if he's going to be in danger from like a predator in today's day and age like that's going to be the reason why is because all his buddies male or female are going to be there around where it doesn't look like an inviting situation to somebody who might be preying on children you know, because if that one child is, or those two children are walking around, like you know, at a park, like trying to find like that little group, you know, where they say like, oh, I want my friends to be here, and their friends want to come, but their parents like, no, no, it's too dangerous outside. It's like, well, no, let them go be a little army together. They can walk around and keep each other safe.
1: Yeah, totally. Like the the more the merrier. Like a predators not necessarily gonna go after five children when there's a group of them. That's just not the likelihood. So parents. Like you said, are going to be more at ease and more comfortable if the parents just let go and allow them to do that, though.
0: Yeah, and I remember it was a few months ago. I actually it was probably about four or five months ago. I heard this, this statistic, and I'm going to I'm going to butcher, but it is is outrageous as this that. You know, like how we're, you're encouraging not to leave your children in your car alone or like kids to be outside by themselves. But they were saying that in one of our average, you know, like Western neighborhoods, obviously, like, you know, some people are going to say it's not true because of the worst ones. But you're talking like your average, you know, like Western neighborhood. If you left your child in a car unattended, and I think they did it, it said like an hour 30 minutes or something like that, it would take like 30,000 years for something to actually happen to them based on all those times for how many people around and how many incidents there actually are. Like we we create this environment of like insecurity, but it doesn't actually exist. You know, like if our world was that dangerous that if you, you know, left your five year old child in a car, which they're they're perfectly capable of, you know, being in a car maybe for like two or three minutes by themselves where you went to pump some gas and went into pain and come back out or you know, something along those lines, right? Like a situation like that should be okay. Overtrained to think that even in that little time frame, there's somebody's waiting in the bushes that as soon as you leave your car, they're gonna come and run out and grab your child and leave. This is our world. Imagine if it was actually that unsafe. It'd be crazy.
1: Yeah, and it, and it's definitely not. Like, I can run into Walmart leave my kid in the car for 15 minutes and he's totally fine. He's like, Oh, you're back already. Yeah. <laughs> like it doesn't even phase him. He doesn't get scared because I've done that. Like I I've built him up to feeling safe in that situation ever since he was a baby. Like I've had a friend who never let her baby go anywhere, not even to the grandparents to sleep over. That child is now latched onto her mom, scared to sleep over at friends houses. Where my kid, I was like, grandpa wanted to take him first visit, Okay. Well, I see you later. Get them used to being away from you and being able to adjust to you not being there, but still feeling safe.
0: Building resiliency. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you know, like those are because it is one of those things where a lot of people have a hard time letting go, thinking that you know, if I'm not going to be around my child, something is going to happen to them, right? And you know, kids get bumps and they get bruises and they get scrapes and stitches and casts and all that kind of stuff, but. You know, it all comes back to, like, if if our world was that unsafe that if we weren't going to be able to survive it, you look at some of the neighborhoods in these third world countries where there's bombs going off every day, you know, and all this crazy stuff happening. Like, if our world was that safe that we wouldn't survive any of that, there would be certain places in the world that wouldn't even have a population. Yeah. But they're surviving. But like we feel like we can't survive here if you leave your, you know, if a child walks a couple blocks to the park to go play with their friends, that they're going to be gone. You know, like we just created this fear amongst ourselves and the fear amongst within the public, right?
1: Totally. And it's just creating more and more of an image of what the media wants to portray to people. They want people to feel like this. They they want these kids to be sheltered so they buy these video games for their children. They buy all these things they can do inside like it's becoming less and less careless of the physical activity part of it and it's they're sheltering kids too much like kids don't need to be walked away like you said we shouldn't have to be like okay my kid went to the park oh I gotta go run and check on him he's been there for two minutes
0: or it is what even happened to like the person down the street who could look out the window who was by the park being like hey everybody's fine I'm gonna make the phone call saying like hey your children's fine not the not the phone call to children's services saying like hey this person let their children go to the park by themselves yeah like when did that social flip happen it
1: it's it's bad like i've i've seen like people go like for example i had my kid in a grocery cart when he was probably about two and a half years old at walmart had him in there reached to grab something in the art department couple says really you're gonna look away from him for a second to grab that am like well, he's right beside me he's strapped in I'm gra- I literally turned my back to grab an art supply he's going to be fine he's not going to get up and fly out of the cart and run away from me mm-hmm. but the fact that someone came up to me and questioned my parenting ability when he was strapped in right beside me it's just going to show like how much this is getting in people's head. like oh she left her strapped in two year old in her car and she turned her back on him that shouldn't be an issue
0: Yeah it's funny because I actually had a situation like that one time like we were at a neighborhood pool and one of my daughters my middle daughter she was standing in her um, you know in her like little uh, um, like those wagons that you know that you pull around stuff right yeah and uh, somebody's like you know oh you're just gonna let her stand in there it's unsafe and I'm like well she could stand there for like a thousand hours and not and be totally fine or she could stand there for like 10 seconds and she could fall you know and that i could just easily say well you jinx the situation you know what i mean like you you know but like it just goes so like it's the you know anything yeah can happen you know but like should i then put you know foam on the ground because like she wants to stand in it you know and i think she was two at the time and i'm like well anybody who's ever had a child and you know like my middle daughter she is like extremely active so the the more you try to discourage her from doing something the more she's going to fight against it and want to be able to do it anyway you know so after a 100 million times being in that situation I'm more just like okay well if you're gonna do it I'm just gonna kind of like be around and um and if you fall you fall you know and then I'll be there I'll pick you up you know I'll pat your back we'll get through it and like we'll live on another day but you know I, I made the decision a long time ago after my first I'm like I can't live in a paralyzed world of fear because my children are going to fall like they are not going to be around me like they are gonna like Drink that thing they're not supposed to, they're gonna eat that thing they shouldn't, you know, like they're gonna get some stitches sometimes, they're probably gonna break a bone. I've done all those things and I'm still here. (laughs) And we all say those things as parents that, like, if our world was that dangerous, we all wouldn't be here right now. But, like, why don't we afford those opportunities to our children or why condemn other parents in that same boat?
1: Totally. Yeah, no, like, I I broke my hand for the first time just a couple years ago and. I just held it together for my kid, and my kid's whacked his head, he's falling off the couch. Like, I'm not ashamed to say that. I've smacked his head on the wall, taking him to bed sometimes because he's so long. Like, they're going to get head bumps, they're going to get scratches, bruises. Like he just came home with a giant cut down his arm because he was jumping around on his friend's bouncy castle, but like off the top. But
0: the mom was. <laughs> Sounds like, like something I would do, hundred <laughs> percent.
1: But like the mom just let them be kids. She's like they were jumping around. They were just being kids. And I was like, I had a sense of ease. I was like, okay, like I knew we, me and her had a good connection. Like she's, she's a nurse, so she knows kids are going to get bumps, scratches, like let them be kids and she's like, you got to let them have some adventure. I'm like, exactly. But I feel like that's
0: the exposure side of it though. So like where you say she's a nurse and you've grown up being active, you know, because I look at that, you know, just from playing sports my whole life and having like every injury you could possibly think of for the most part (laughs) and there's always like you always get past it you know when I feel like people aren't exposed to those things they don't realize like there is a positive conclusion you do live another day like you are going to live another month another year like that's that's where you're gonna have a scar but you can tell a story you know like yeah. there's there's so much past that singular moment not getting paralyzed in that moment when it happens or even worse paralyzing yourself about hypothetically that situation happening at every junction it could happen at.
1: yeah totally
0: yeah, so kind of I guess we got a little bit of a tangent. I, like parenting is always such a passionate thing for me. I always end up getting sucked down that rabbit hole all the time. But um, kind of like back to you. So you like you guys moved to Langley. You're with your dad and you know your sister. You guys were doing martial arts. And like where did it where did it go from there? Like what was it after that? Like
1: um, well, after after the martial arts, like I did achieve my first degree black belt, Canada champ. So I kind of got known a, known a little bit being in the newspaper and stuff. And so. After that, like, and after I graduated high school and I jumped into that personal training program, it was really heavy. It was super in-depth, I was there for eight hours a day, half in the gym, half in the classroom. Very extensive course. Where did you
0: go?
1: Um, Hilltop Academy. Okay. Yeah. So it was a BCRPA certification. Um, Did that for a little bit, things were kind of slow. Um, Not a lot of gyms wanted to hire me because I was so young. They weren't used to seeing someone fresh out of high school wanting to be a personal trainer and taking it seriously. So over the course of time, that certification expired, um, kind of went in more into management um, for retail and everything. And then when my mom got sick, that's when I jumped back into it, recertified. It was like, okay, it's, it's time to recertify watching her sick, it was a six month process watching her in the hospital, so it wasn't lickety splits, so it was kind of an eye-opener and listening to doctors and listening to how other people were talking, like those people still don't have an understanding of full-on nutrition, like as much as they want to think, like they're smart, they're doctors, they're surgeons, but going that much in depth about what food does to those certain parts of your body and how important it is to implement that out to everyone. And so that's where I was like, you know what, let's jump in, let's do it. I did an online course with um, ISSA, finished it up last May. Um, It was very extensive as well, so I'm glad I did it 10 10 years before that to uh, revamp my brain, but a lot has changed from the first time I did it to just last year in fitness and continuing my education, it's so important because you wanna keep people updated with the times because we can't live in the past. We gotta move on in the future and pass on the new generation of information.
0: See and I actually do find that interesting because I know a lot of doctors personally and this is a conversation I usually end up having with people quite a bit is that I think in today's age, it's really unfair that we expect our doctors to know anything about nutrition and how nutrition can like affect our body and the metabolic processes that stem from it because for one, like they they don't teach it even still in today's age of like you know when you're going through the process of becoming a doctor that all the years that you spend you know in school becoming a doctor like nutrition just isn't a huge part of that unless if you wanted to be a part of your specialized field but the one thing that I know is like this is something that I'm around seven days a week and I constantly feel behind the curve like I, there's like like every single day not a day goes by where I'm not in a very in-depth conversation about nutrition researching something about nutrition exercise science and you know performance in the body and like I never feel like I scratched the surface ever like there's just there's so much to know so these people who are not really around it at all like you know the daily not like discovering not immersing themselves in the research like how do we have this global expectation that we should go to them for the answers behind how nutrition should affect our bodies when we're sick
1: yeah and and that's the thing and that's why i think like personal training has grown grown so much more because i think more and more people like my dad goes to the doctor way less he calls me first (laughs) and we look into it together my stepmom just went through spinal surgery she went to a holistic nutritionist because that's what she needed she needed things to not be so like causing her body inflammation like she couldn't she can't turn right or left really her neck she's got rods in there so she went more the natural natural way instead of being on a bunch of pain medicines because they used to be recovering addicts so for them to take pain meds it's not really in their in their regime to do that so she did it all all food based pretty much
0: too help with her pain see and the part for me that is always the most concerning is how that is breaking the mold you know but like western medicine like although it has like a ton of benefit there's a lot of great things like like vaccinations you know like there's a lot of things that we need western medicine for but there's also a lot of things that we don't need western medicine for and you know i think it because it's simple you know like here take this pill i can walk away from and that's it and like dealing dealing with people and like nutrition, how to be able to reduce inflammation in the body or how like, you know, changing the, like people's eating patterns and eating habits to be able to, you know, mandate how their body should feel and, you know, like correcting, you know, like diabetes or heart disease or high blood pressure, like all these kind of things. It's a long process and a lot of like coaching and handholding and talking. Like it's not just here, eat this and be done with it. Like take this pill and be done with it. Like it's a lot of comprehensive work. But like, you know, where you say there's a lot more, you know, like trainers, you know, like with Google and people can go online and start researching these things themselves. And it's nice to know that there's a cultural shift where that's that's happening.
1: Yeah, no, it's really, really good to see that. And like when I get sick, I, I don't take cold medicine personally. oregano um, oil, vitamin C, steam pot, like. I that stuff just doesn't it doesn't work with my body like it actually cough medicine or cold medicine actually makes me feel worse when I'm sick for some strange reason I don't know if it's my body fighting it off being like okay hey, we don't want that in there but it just it doesn't work for me in the natural way helps me more and I pass that on to people like
0: see and even like with that too like we're like obviously there's the science behind it like you know, like you say like the things like oregano oil and like increasing your vitamin C, you know, getting rest, fluids, all these kind of things that we know that it's still tough that like people wanna discredit that. You mm-hmm. know, like you're doing something that you should be doing or you, know, like you should be going to the doctor or like you have to take you know, like this prescription or you know, things along these lines. Do you feel irregular in your community or do you have a community, you know, like small enough or resilient enough that they kinda understand this, or are you breaking the mold amongst them?
1: I feel like right now, being in a new area too, I'm kind of breaking the mold, especially with the people I've been surrounding myself with. Like at my kids' school, like everyone's like, the moms are like, wow, you're so fit. Like, wow, you got so much energy. Like you're pushing like four kids on the swing at once. And just, I think I am breaking the mold a little bit. I'm not gonna say completely because I've definitely having my bodybuilding team alongside with me, we all kind of get that aspect. But for me, like I feel like I am breaking the mold a bit in my new community that I'm in and with my husband as well and opening my dad's eyes up and my sister's eyes up and everything, like just making people realize and then they can pass it on to people they know and I think that's where my breakage is and that's where it's gonna get continued to pass on and hopefully evolve into something way bigger so our world can change because there's room for change, it's just, we have the ability to make the choice if we want to change ourselves or not like we're all in the same position we're all a human body we all got organs some may less than others but we're all a working body we all have a brain we all ha- can make that have the ability to make that choice or have someone beside you to help you make that choice
0: well you know and it's nice and it's refreshing too where it's the like i get like i want to ask you a question first though how do you feel like being at the age you're at and and i don't mean this in any kind of like you know derogatory way but do you know being a female being at the age that you're at and being a part of a movement that people typically want to criticize like do you feel like Like, I really want to be a part of this, like, you know, F whatever everybody has to say, like, you know, like, this is something that I want to put out there. Do you find it to be challenging sometimes?
1: It can be, yeah. No, I definitely do find it challenging, um, especially being a female in in a lot of aspects because, like I said, like, when I started my training 10 years ago and I was applying at gyms, they're like, oh, you're 18 when you need more experience. Wow. i'm probably the youngest person you've had apply give me the experience there was no one allowing me to build myself up there but i just kept pushing through just like my shows i've never taken a first place trophy home do i quit no i keep going because in the long run my
0: perseverance is going to be the winning key factor over anything over a trophy yeah so how how did you develop that perseverance that fortitude? like you know where, where did it come into play because you know a lot of people would you you just describe two pretty discouraging situations like um i remember when i first got into the fitness industry so new province i'm from alberta moved to bc you know i come out here to go to school to get my helicopter pilot's license but then i end up going to trinity to get all my personal training stuff because the head trainer at the gym i was working out at was um instructing the programs at trinity and then so I went and did that, and then I tried to get a job at the gym that I was working out at, and they wouldn't even give me a job at the beginning, because I was so young. You know, so and it, that was tough for me, too, to you know, be able to work through that. And then, you know, like you said, with not, um, you know, pulling like a first place you know, trophy, but you keep on going back. You know, I'm very similar where, like, I love doing events for the sake of just doing it. I don't ever care about placing first, or like that's not where, that's not where my drive comes from. So, like, where does your drive, like, what connects you with those situations? Because just wanting to come back, but not, because so many people are addicted to the limelight, like, they have to have that limelight for, like, what keeps you coming back?
1: Um, I have a really supportive team, like, really amazing coaches. Um, like, they helped me, like, I was definitely a little lost in my mindset when I first started, because I started doing these shows right after my mom passed. I was, two weeks before I was due, that's when my mom passed, so... My head was filled with so much stuff and I knew there was a better way to battle this than going down to drugs, alcohol, because of my parents' history. I knew that's not the road that I want to be down. That's not the road my mom would want me to be down. So let's shift it a bit. Yeah, did it cost money? Absolutely, it costs a lot of money, but my health's more important than those dollar bills in my pocket. So what kept me going was having that supportive team and knowing my mom's watching and I'm making her proud and watching my son like pick up the weights at home steal my asparagus like for me all those little things with my family that's what helps keep me going and my dad creating like an environment for me like have, having a strong work, work ethic and being in martial arts like it's not an easy road it took me four years to get to my first degree black belt so I think all those things is what's helped push me through. And just the environment you're in on show day, like being able to now be experienced and have people come up to you and like kind of idolize you in a way. And you feel like you're doing something for the community. And for me, that's what I walk away with. Like first show, was I mad that I didn't place first place? I was a little sour, of course, but I got over it. I walked off stage, got over it, did a show three months after that. I just kept going. I've done three shows in one year one time because I was so persistent on getting it and proving to people that women can do this too. Young women can do this. Women that have had children can do this because you hear a lot of moms go, oh, I have kids, that's why I can't work out. You can do it. I did it, I was super young, not working lots, but I had a great support system And you sometimes just got to take your workouts at home. If you really, really, really want something, you're going to find a way to do it no matter what. When my hand was broken, I did one arm exercises. I would sit down for some of them if my back was getting too sore. If you want something bad enough, you will do whatever it takes to make it work.
0: You know, which is absolutely true. And, like, those are always what I say to people. Like, I, I'm a huge fan. Everybody probably gets annoyed at me saying all the time. It's, like, it's called stacking the bricks of fortitude. Like, I was, like, you know, building my fortress of fortitude around me. You know, like, it's all those moments where, you know, you're not going to let anything get in your way. It's, like, you, you got to cast on? Fuck it. One-arm exercise. You know, basket and tar- tire. I'm still going to go. I'm going to sit and I'm going to do this. Like, those are the parts that I love about life where, like, people, because it's, like, like, there needs to be more people who are willing to step outside of that. It's kind of, like, the whole point behind, you know, We Are I, what I love about podcasts and, like, YouTube and, like, you know, people saying, like, look, like, like, this is an f- actual fun side of life. Like, it's not, like, where people say, like, oh, you're just one of those crazy people or, like, you know, oh, you're insane. It's just, like, no, like, there was a point in time where, like, I feel like this was just kind of, like, everyday life. The face of it might be different now because we have to be in a gym or, like, it's sporting, but... You know, like life was, you know, like if your arm was broken, you wrapped it up and you still went and plowed a field. Like that you had to do that shit. Or like, you know, your arm was broken and you had to scrub clothes on one of those old great things and turn the wheel to churn some butter and shit. Like that's just the way life was. Like we didn't have the excuses to give up and Netflix binge and stuff like that, right? So I just, I love hearing it and especially for people that I feel society says, breaks that mold so like you're 27 and you kind of fit in the demographic of like people who typically shouldn't be like that or you know but like I love seeing people come up into it and be like no like we're still here like we're, we're still coming up like and that's where when all these young athletes come on and they're just like they're hungry for it too and you see like I call them like the next generation we are I you know warriors like they come in and they're just like I'm still hungry I love that there's still people wanting to be like that but it just People need to be exposed to it and say, like, this This is real. Like, this is who we are as people. And it's fun to be like that.
1: Yeah. Like, I get, like, as you can know right now, we're getting very compassionate about this conversation. And that's where I get with some people. And some people look at me like, girl, are you crazy? Like, what are you talking about? And, okay, I get that it's exciting. But then you connect with, like, say, someone like you or, like, my team we get that compassion, we get that energy, and people like spring off that. They feel it. And, like, that's one of the best parts about being in the fitness industry is you can collaborate with so many people and create such a wider movement than just being alone.
0: See, and that's where I like with me because it started off, you know, like about 15 years ago now, where like I was just in like the, you know, like the bodybuilding, the sports modeling, like the workout in a gym. And, like, it's branching into now, I'm like, I'm like, let's run an ultra, let's run a half, let's go paddle boarding, let's go yoga, let's work out in the gym, like let's go bike riding, like I, I don't care because like each one of those things and like a very specific moment when it's like you're running and it starts to downpour or it's way colder than what you thought it was gonna be, or you're just like just shit sucks. I I don't care, like I know people think or typically think that I do it for like the face value of it, like well I'm gonna go out and do it because it's cold. I just love having the ability and the drive knowing that I'll step outside the door into that and being like, let's do this, you know, because like, that's just like us as people, like everything can't be ambient 72 to 68 degrees and, you know, neutral conditions and feeling okay and no stress on the body. Like I love how having this tool and, you know, like these Vibrams, you know, five finger shoes that I wear, I think have like the best slogan ever where they say we are the technology. And I've connected with that in like every, like whenever I'm pushing through, I'm just like, I'm the technology, like I have these tools, I'm the technology, I'm the one pushing myself through this, we have this, and every time I talk to people like you, like I feel that same thing off you guys.
1: Yeah, and it's like you're not creating a barrier for yourself, and it's because you got that freedom as a kid, like you you don't have any barriers, you're not letting anything hold you back, a little rain, a little scrape. We didn't grow up being worried some people, so we have that ability to just, oh hey, it's snowing, yeah, I'm actually still going to go for a walk. Why? Because these are just barriers that hold people back, and if you hold yourself back, you're really setting your mindset back,
0: and you know, or the, I don't want to get wet living in BC, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like, seriously, like, like I always love well, that funny, like, people out here where they're just like, oh, it's raining outside. It's like, no shit, six months a year. Like,
1: <laughs> like, like it just depends
0: on how cold the rain is. Like, that's the only thing that's really changing. But I'm like, you should be pretty used to being wet because we're wet all the time.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And it's, people just want to find that excuse to not do something. Like, they just want to do that. Like, for me like my sister she kind of gets my shows but she's like but you're not getting paid you're not getting anything really out of it I was like but that's that's not why I do it I do this so I can show people and my family members like don't create barriers for yourself go do whatever you want to do like you have the ability like and kids with imaginations these days like some of these kids are going to turn out to be great inventors geniuses you just got to let that kid's mind work and not block it just like don't block my mind. If I want to go run in the rain, I'm going to run in the rain. I know there's probably a 90% chance it's going to rain. <laughs>
0: yeah. See, but, so, but this is the thing. Like, so when you just said, because I always used to think like this too until this situation happened. This was a very recent. I think it was only about a month ago. So like, I always used to say that's the one challenging thing. I never looked at it as a barrier, but it's something that more frustrated me is that when people would do shows, that you put all this time in there was no financial reward. But then about like, five or ten years ago well five or eight years ago i was like well that's just kind of like amateur sports in general like the bible just kind of fits into that. that's the same thing as like you know people go play hockey or football or you know badminton or anything like that right but the one thing i really refined it down into today's age which again was about a month ago is that you don't get paid to watch like 10 back-to-back episodes of game of thrones on a sunday <laughs> you know so like what do you tell me i don't get paid to go alpine running all day or you know like hike up to the top of the mountain camp overnight just to alpine run at the crack of dawn. It's like, no, I'm not getting paid, but I'm like, you don't get paid for the stupid shit you do either. You yeah. know, so like <laughs> mine just happens to be cool and healthy. You're just like, you know, yours is just another series on Netflix. Yeah. So, you know, at least I have like real stories and, you know, like adventures to be able to talk to people about after the fact, not just like how I just sat in, you know, binge date, whatever, and, you know, watch Netflix. Right. So,
1: totally yeah and um, like my sister she's definitely now that she sees me doing it more she kind of has like I've kind of slowly am switching her mindset over she still is in that mindset of getting paid but yeah you're totally right it's no different than like my kid going and playing soccer is he getting paid absolutely not like, nobody's
0: getting paid and all these dividends they're gonna pay off later on enjoying like,
1: life yeah like that's the best payment is having the enjoyment of life like you have the ability to have shoes on your feet run outside like so many kids take it for granted i'm like you have a roof over your head you got clothes on your body you got shoes on your feet What's holding you back? There's kids that don't have clothes or shoes or even water, and they're running around more than these kids that have all the tools to do so. Those kids are just making it work because it's enjoyment for them.
0: See, and you know the the thing about that, because I was thinking about this with my girls a little while ago, too, is that because we think that later exists you know because it's like oh I'm doing this right now I can go to the park later there's always tomorrow you know but all those other kids like, I don't I authentically don't want to believe that that they even entertain that because it's just more something they do not something that's an option it's like they kind of wake up and this is just what happens because this is just an organic part of life for them like they they wake up and you know like they play and you know like they they have parents but it's not hyper supervision you know like they go do things in a day but they're allowed to you know expand in their community and find resources to be able to entertain themselves and you know just live life but like with here it's always an option to do it later because everything is defined by time you know like i can go do this later it's like there was, um like liz rose was on the podcast yesterday um you know, and she, you are 27 or 28 now, just turned 28, and she uh, summited the seven highest summits on all seven continents in three years. And it all started off because one day she woke up and she was, like, she just got back from film school in New York and she was living in Toronto. She's, like, I'm bored. And she goes on a Google search and ends up finding, like, hey, I'm going to go climb Mount Kilimanjaro. And then three years later has summited, like, Everest and Denali and, like, like all this seven highest summits. like like that possibility like giving our minds the possibility and the freedom to say like anything in this world is like can be accomplished but i need to go do it right now like i need the priority to do it right now like there's no i can't just keep pushing it off and i always find like that's the one thing that i take away from all the athletic things that i do is that doing it all right now makes me so hungry to want to go do more like there's no there's not tomorrow because tomorrow there's other cool shit i want to do too you know i gotta go do this today because like tomorrow like literally there's gonna be other cool shit that has the opportunity present itself so i don't want to miss out on this opportunity right now
1: yeah you gotta you gotta live in the now it's the moment that we're living is it is in the now don't worry about the past that's in the past not gonna move on in the future we're in the now that's what we need to portray to people living in the now do what you want to do right now don't like yeah you know what I'll just write that out later I'll do that later if you're ready to do it go do it because that's when you're going to feel the best is when you just go out get
0: it done or even if you don't wait till you're ready to go do it it's like why do you have to be ready like when did we need this huge preparation process you know like when 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 people hopped on a boat and they're like I'm gonna go check out this new world there's this land somewhere it's like You know, they didn't know every course along the whole way. They seen some stars in the sky. They had this wood vessel to be able to put (laughs) their feet on, and they're like, "Let's go figure shit out." And like, what happened? Just like the exploration of life. And like, sometimes, like, yeah, you're you're not going to be prepared, but that's the adventure side. Like, you know, allowing yourself the comfort. And I feel like when you are a little bit more adventurous, then you have the more confidence feel to tackle things, and it's not such a big deal. You know, that's where like a lot of people I know that you know have anxiety or you know they're very anxious all the time or don't have that self confidence like i'm like you don't ever try anything new like you don't just wake up one day and you're like i'm gonna go do this thing and that's one thing that people always talk about with me is they're like well how do you always have the confidence to try that i'm like because i really don't give a shit whether i'm good at it yeah (laughs) like i just like the point of trying it to me means so much more than being good at it like like i just find the value and like the experience of like Trying it, liking it, trying it, failing it, trying it, hating it. Like, all that. I just like trying new things.
1: Yeah. No, like, that's for me, too. Like I think it was last year or the year before, probably two years ago now, just randomly one day. I was like, you know what? I want to jump off a bridge. Go bungee jumping. Why not? I've never Please. done it before. Me and my cousin hopped in the car, drove up there, went for the jump, drove all the way back. And we drove from Surrey there and back just to go plunger jumping just to do something different and out of my comfort zone like like that's where my mind really started to shift i was like i need to start getting out of my comfort zone more and more and more like i felt like i was but until i jumped off that bridge i was like okay this is out of my comfort zone this was a whole new level of comfort for me and I want to do it again like what kind of environments
0: (laughs) do you seek out like that like are you uh you know like I, I try a little bit of everything or do you primarily challenge yourself by like you know I'm going to push a little bit harder in the gym or like do you have like different situations
1: I have different situations like in the gym I'm always always pushing myself a little bit harder and even with like my coach's plan like what he has typed out I'll do a couple extra reps I'll do like a couple, sometimes a couple extra exercises, but without overworking my body, just to give myself that extra push and walk out of the gym being like, you know what, that felt really good. I'm glad I tried that. Or following Instagram people and seeing what they're doing in their fitness routine. Like I had fun in these like nine months I was off from training. I did kind of what I wanted. I got to experiment with whole different new styles of training. Like so, and in the environment too, like being outside, like, Went on a big twenty-four kilometer out overnight hike a
0: oh, couple of years ago.
1: Um, we went to Lightning Lakes. Where's like, that? Um, it's up more towards I want to say as if you were heading kind of towards Kamloops, I believe. Okay. Not not that far, like Cache Hope and Squamish. Yeah. Um. So kind of in that direction. Um, my sister is like huge into hiking. So she's like, you know what guys, like let's go do an overnight hike. So we got on our like 30 liter backpacks. It was a decent trek because each, like it's a decently flat ground, but each lake is a totally different area. Like one part of the lake is super grassy. And one part is like your rocks and big thick trees. So, and you could tell it's an area where people camp out because there's like little fire pit like made fire pits and people's bags hanging up in the trees. still you could tell from bears and it was fun like it poured rain and my sister's tent was broken so there was me my husband and my sister and her boyfriend and her dog all in a two-person tent <laughs> because her was leaking so bad but it was downpouring we didn't have anything else we're deep in the woods, so what are we gonna do? So we made it work, we kept each other warm with a wet dog, and we didn't complain, like we still enjoyed ourselves, had fun, like made the best out of it. Like I love being out in the nature, like I love my camping, like throw me in a tent on a pile of rocks and I'm good to go. Like my dad grew up in the woods, he used to chop down trees, so like we're very, get out in the outdoorsy types of people and now my sister's sustaining trees, like helping the environment. So continuing on with that with her and I'm getting her into fitness, we can she can take me on nice adventurous places and I can show her what fun things we can do in those nice adventurous places.
0: See and yeah, like the like my takeaway from from that, like when you're explaining those stories is like like for one you know, I love that when you said that, you know, my sister wanted to do this, like this hike or this overnight hike, there wasn't then this story, okay, well, then we had to like, hire this trainer, you know, we had to get fit, you know, so I'm out of shape, and I can't do this. It was more just like, my sister wanted to do this hike, so we went and did it. Yeah. You know, because like, I, that's how I value my body as this tool saying like, at any point in time, somebody could be like, if you were like, okay, let's put the podcast down right now. Let's go run 10K. Be like, okay, let's do it. Let's go run 10K you know like that's what I want to be and so like that's what I got away from that is that you're just at that point like your tool is so refined that somebody can just suggest something that a lot of people would think is really hard and you just go do it and that is like it's this wicked story that you can share because you got to get out in those elements to have the shitty leaky tent or like the sleeping bag that's not warm enough or like the food you forgot to pack or like all those because those are the fun stories to tell people and like other people who've been through those things too you can laugh with them in such a different way and I mm-hmm. love that you know where it's like the you know we hike you know 20 miles into the backcountry and I'm like D- I forgot my sleeping bag like how in the hell can I forget my sleeping bag you know and it's just like yeah. you're know, like all those kind of things but you know somebody is always like oh I forgot the matches or I forgot like my cooking pot or you know I forgot my propane tanks or you know like something like that and I, I love those stories and sharing them with people.
1: Yeah you're always going to forget something. Today on my way here realized I didn't bring a fork so I ate my yams with my hands. <laughs> I love that. Like yeah. was it disgusting and sticky? Yeah, yeah. but I did it because I needed to fuel my body and I wasn't going to let me not have any utensil hold me back from eating my food. Yeah. People used to eat without utensils back in the day, and sure some people still do in some countries, like, there's nothing wrong with it. So I just made it work. I wasn't gonna stress or freak out, oh my God, I don't have my fork. Like, I might have done that 10 years ago with a totally different mindset, but now I'm like, no, it's just it's just a fork, guys. It's just a utensil. We got utensils attached to our bodies. Let's use them.
0: Yeah, that's, <laughs> it's actually funny you say. So, you know, recently one of my friends from overseas You know, we were eating, and he's like, right before we sat down, it was the first time that him and I ever broke bread together. And he was like, okay, I'm just going to warn you. And I'm like, okay, I'm like, these are always interesting conversations. When people start like that, right? So I'm like, okay, where is this going? And he's like, I eat with my hands. And he's like, but culturally, that's just, like, that's how we do. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, for a while, I'm like, I really don't care, like, that much. I'm like, I don't need pre-warning for something like that. But I'm like, this is interesting. So I'm like, I'm going to do it. Fuck the fork. I'm like, let's go. Like, I'm going to do this too. So let's get down. And then I'm like, okay, oh my God, that was was interesting. But then I've been kind of, like, eating with my hands a little bit more just to, like, kind of, like, understand this experience. So I was talking to him the other day. I'm like, I actually feel like I enjoy my food more. Yeah. Like, I feel like it connects me with my food more. Like Like, having, like, feeling the texture, like, in my fingers and, like, you know, like, bringing it up to, like, my mouth. Like, I feel when you're eating with your fingers you hold the food in your hand and it's by your mouth and your nose line so you're smelling in like the like you're breathing in the flavors you're smelling it it's just a little bit more of an experience I I, there's a whole side of this that I never would have thought of before and I'm like certain foods like 100% I could see eating like with your hands like I I think it's it's quite an enjoyable experience it's something that took me well outside like not my comfort zone but just my realm of thinking of things that like I would want to do or that would be practical and I'm like I actually kind of like this
1: yeah no that's that's how I think like I'll be walking around literally with like a full-on chicken breast on a fork and I'll just be sitting there eating I'm like I don't care what anyone thinks like I'm getting my food in I was like watch me eat.
0: (laughs) It's actually like that's like seeing people pack little meals now, I I like how it's become a lot more commonplace. I remember before, like when I was doing it, like it was, you were always that real odd, weird person.
1: You know, but like now it's (laughs) nice,
0: you know, you see so many people with like the six pack coolers or, you know, like having like a little Ziploc bag or something or like all these little Tupperware containers and stuff, like I like how it's, it's come, like you can see the evolution of people wanting to be healthy packing their own food and having a little bit more of a connection with what they eat
1: totally yeah and I feel that's where people can enjoy enjoy have more enjoyment out of it instead of like people are like oh don't you get bored of eating the same food and don't you get bored of just like cooking it the same way it's like no I enjoy this my body enjoys it and I find fun ways like whether it be not eating with a utensil whether it be i put on like it like cinnamon on like my yams or something changing it up that little bit having that diversity in your life because that's what it's all about having diversity within our life like we need to be able to have that
0: or it's just gonna be boring well that too and, and it's like i feel like food can be really enjoyable but it doesn't have to be like this Like, overwhelming experience that I think we're kind of coached that it should be with all these shows on like Food Network and just how people glorify food and like what food should be. And, you know, I've ranted about this many times, you know, on this podcast and with people that I just, it is insane to me that these big food companies can hire clinical psychologists to be able to manipulate flavors to make them so addicting that even when you walk by them in a grocery store, you can smell them or they make packages smell like you know certain things that just trigger that response that you have to have it or like i i think that it's just it's criminal that they do it because all the foods that do that are just the notoriously unhealthy ones you know but then you take the way you go to like a produce section where you have the opportunity to be able to have an abundance of amazing smells and it smells like nothing because none of the produce is ripe and like i like a couple of like really dear friends of mine You know, like they're in their like sixties and seventies from India and the one thing that they tell me all the time is like how when they were growing up as kids, they would sit in the fields with all the cantaloupes and smell the cantaloupes ripening and how like they'd wake up in the morning and they'd smell like the, the fresh cantaloupe smell from the fields come in. And I could just think, like, everybody knows what a really good cantaloupe smells like. But I'm thinking I'm like, could you imagine thousands of like ripe cantaloupes in a field? Like how amazing that would smell. But that's like, in my mind, like what a great grocery store should smell like. You know, you walk in, you're in the produce section, you smell those ripe peaches that that should only be there for maybe like a month or so out of the year or like those fresh oranges, but you smell how they should smell instead of not only not smelling like anything, but you eat it and it also doesn't even taste like anything. So like, of course, we want to go to like all these foods that are manipulated to smell and taste and crunch all these certain ways to make them addicting. Of course, we're gravitated towards that.
1: Yeah, like our senses are picking that up. And these companies know that like buy this stuff, buy that. And it's funny, like I've never really thought of it that way when I'm actually grocery shopping until you actually just pointed that, that, that out. Like the fruits and veggies, you don't smell them.
0: But look at it like this. So this is how I actually thought about this a few years ago is when you walk into a grocery store and there's flowers, they don't really smell like anything, but you walk into a greenhouse and it's like everybody loves going to a greenhouse. Like when you walk in there and like all the flowers and you're picking out some flowers in the springtime, like it is single-handedly one of the most amazing places that you can go from like a sensory standpoint to smell. Like I love that, but that's what it should be like when you're in a floral section of a grocery store and it's not. No, no, you don't don't really smell
1: much yet. When you go through those cereal aisles, I swear I can literally smell like smell the, the, the sugar, corn pops I mean, and, yeah, like the fruit loops. Like I can smell that. at The fact that they slap, oh, no artificial flavors or coloring, that's great. But that catches people's eye. But more in depth, people like me and you would probably still pick up the box and look at the ingredients. Where your average person is gonna see, okay, no artificial colors or flavors. I'm gonna grab it. It's okay now.
0: You know, and when you say that, so this, there's two things that have recently happened. Well, one of them was about a year ago. The one of them just happened today. So the one that happened about a year ago is when I was squirting the bubble bath, like into my daughter's bath and seeing how it says gluten free on it. Like to me, not only how absurd it is that you would write gluten free on bubble bath, but two, I know you charged me more for that now too, because you wrote gluten free on it but who's drinking it that has a gluten allergy that you'd have to put gluten free on it to even for people to be like, okay, that's good. So if I drink that, like, this is okay. Like I'm not my, my gluten insensitivity or my gluten sensitivity is not going to get triggered because my bubble bath doesn't have gluten in it. Like, it's just, again, it's like the marketing, like what you're talking about where it's like all these like little click catchphrases catch phrases on the boxes and on the containers that when people see them, like, you know, it's like, you know, like, mostly organic ingredients where like the mostly or like you know contains you know organic ingredients you are like organic is this like big power statement but like everything else is like fine print that you can't really see you know or like like all those kind of like little like visual triggers that people go through and then somebody was asking me today they're just like you know you know like, what kind of like I'm really confused with what kind of like yogurt to feed you know, like my child because now we have like you know, like these like kefir milk style yogurts, you know, which are just basically like, you know, like thick milk, obviously like, you know, kefir milk is like really good. You know, like we have Greek yogurt, you know, we have Greek yogurt that's not flavored and flavored and like 2% and 0% and then, you know, we have like all these different kinds of yogurt, like what yogurt do I buy? And I'm like, the one with no sugar in it. Simple. I don't, I don't give a shit whether it like, what kind of yogurt it is, period. If you're really looking at that you want to buy yogurt, buy this stuff with no sugar in it, and then just put your own stuff in it like yeah. make it taste like it, it can be that simple but it goes down to how confusing nutrition can be where we have all these things that are claiming to be better than all the rest but what is the straight and skinny yeah. you know when you have like the tiny little yogurt and it's got like 12 to 16 grams of sugar in this tiny little single serving yogurt that you're typically giving to a child like that's not okay
1: no no no. And like my son, like I'll be grocery shopping with him and I've given him a pretty good general idea of like what, like he'll ask me like that healthy or no. And so now he'll say like, that's not healthy mom. So I'm putting, How old that, is he? he'll be turning six in May. That's awesome. So like, he'll know, like he's having a sleepover tomorrow, for example. So I said, you guys, like, I don't do it often. I can't be a total prude. I said, what do you guys want for dinner? And he's like, can we get a happy meal? I said, yeah, we can get a happy meal. It's once in a blue moon. I rarely never do it. He's like, but it's not healthy for you. I was like, well, no, it's not healthy for you, but we're going to eat healthy for the rest of the whole day. And then that can be yours and your friend's sleepover treat if that's what you guys want. I'm not, I don't eat it. Not usually want to get him one, but got to let him be a kid. And he usually always picks apple slices anyways with it. So... But him having that understanding of what's healthy and what's not. And I'm pointing labels out to him at a young age. So when he's 12 and he's going to the store with his friends and he picks up a product, they're going to be like, oh, my mom said I can get this because this. He can pass that knowledge on at a young age. And that's what's going to create these strong warriors like you were talking about in the future is we're starting them at such a young age. Like you're setting a great example for your daughters. And I'm sure you do the same when you're going grocery shopping. They're like, oh, dad, can I have that? We go, no, you can't. You can't have that. And this is why. And I just tell my son, like, it can start to make you feel sick. Like, I was, like, showing him the difference, comparing product labels, because parents can just say, okay, yeah, eat your vegetables, but let your kid know what's in the food so they have an understanding of what they're putting in their body. Like, The gasoline companies are letting us know what grade of gas we're putting in why can't our kids know what grade of food they're putting in their body
0: you know it is just such an intense subject and i feel like because so many parents are so ignorant when it comes to like nutrition and like you know even giving themselves healthy food but then transferring that on to like their their children you know like you know like there's there's a couple of things there um that i want to touch on is that For one, when people are like, you know, Blake, like, you're just, like, you're so hard on your girls, you know, like, if you're, like, saying, like, you know, talking about, like, vegetables, like, eating healthy and all that kind of stuff, and it's like, you know what, I shouldn't have to be, I shouldn't have to explain it to them, we shouldn't have to go through this process, I agree, but it's the landscape that everybody's creating that you have to, it's irresponsible not to, because, you know what, if I don't try to slowly educate my girls over the years, saying, like, you know, we eat salmon because it's healthy for our muscles it's healthy for our brain it's got like epa and dha and then i'm like leave it at that you know and just like over the years well what the hell is epa and dha you know like what are these things you know like but i just want them to think healthy muscles healthy brain that's the takeaway that's all i want them to think but you know, like just little things like that and like no but if there wasn't if we didn't walk into a grocery store there was like 40,000 square feet that should be like a thousand square feet then no we all wouldn't have to do all of these things but like we have to because of how ignorant we want to be about it you know and I think that and I'm going to throw you under the bus a little bit here and I apologize but like when I really want to be able to help change like that tone of conversation when we say like okay we need to let kids be kids or like this is the way that kids are because we've changed every single avenue of the way kids are just kids except for nutrition if anything it's kind of getting a little bit more where it's the you know like kids can get away with it but like we've told boys not to wrestle with each other we've told kids not to hug each other we've told kids not to basically have any real communication like we've changed every way that kids can be kids but we're not willing to change the one thing that can one of the things that can actually make them like fundamentally healthy if anything we kind of keep pushing them down the road of saying okay well you know we can do these things and you know, like the other day, my daughter, my oldest one, you know, she's seven and, you know, she's with one of her little girlfriends. And you're know, like, we're going to the park. And it, I'm like, okay, we're going to have a picnic at the park, you know, today. What do you guys want to have? I'm like, you're going to have like, you know, like pizza or, I don't know, Subway or something. And I just was like, whatever you guys want. I'm like, I just kind of randomly threw out those two options because they're first that came to my mind. And they both said Subway. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, I can do I'm like, I like that you guys thought like that, you know, because, you know, like, I think people get the misinterpretation because I want my girls to understand. The difference between like healthy food and unhealthy food, and like what that does to your body. That I never let them eat shitty stuff, um, you know. But I love that these two in their mind, because you know, obviously it was one of my daughter's friends. So like I have no influence on what this other girl eats. But she was also like, yeah, I want Subway too, and over like it wasn't a battle back and forth. So you kind of see them going in that direction because I also know their mom is like very healthy you know like works out like you know understands like health and nutrition and I love that so then I want my daughter to be around her because it lets her see an environment that is normal like there's other kids wanting to be eating healthy there's other parents who want their children to be healthy there's there's options that may not be the best because let's face it like Subway is okay but it's not like the best either but you know at least it allows them to be able to understand okay well there's options out there for me outside of you know like pizza or mcdonald's or chinese food or like any of these other things and stuff right totally yeah
1: like like my kids lunch is like the school he goes to they do fruit and veggie day um once every month so lots of farms out there so that's something that when i was looking into the school like i really liked i was like he was out of catchment for it but I fought for him to get in that school I was like this is a little farm school like just reading about that school I like fell in love with it and seeing all the farms and stuff and one of my kids good friends he was at actually the day where he was jumping on the bouncy castle they have a little farm like they sell fruits and veggies in the summer so I was like this is amazing like knowing my kids gonna go to someone's house and not get offered like popsicle or ice cream for a snack like that stuff doesn't exist in my house unless like me or the kid are away and their husbands has some guys over yeah he's got ice cream and i'm like it's gotta go like and jack will ask for some i'm like well no how about like i buy him strawberries and grapes and he sees that as a treat you bring me a treat yeah here's some grapes
0: that's That's what i love about that yo nana's (laughs) machine i think the yo nana's was like the best invention on the planet have you ever heard of it no okay so like a yo nana's is basically like it makes you kind of like a sorbet or saucer of ice cream but use fruit so you use frozen fruit so like for me, like obviously you can buy frozen fruit and the I- irony behind frozen fruit is typically a lot higher in nutritional value with micronutrients because it's allowed to get, or it's a lot more fresh when they freeze it. Mm-hmm. The stuff that we buy. But if you go, say like in the summertime or the fall and you're picking like your own fresh fruit and you freeze it, the micronutrient value is going to be really high you're freezing it and then you basically it's like this tube with a grinding wheel at the bottom and you just pack the fruit on the top and you plunge it down and it just swirls around and out comes um, like this like saucer it's just it's literally just ground fruit so then what I do is then I take this I let it just melt for like maybe like a minute because it's ground down and it actually kind of starts to melt quite fast or not melt but like thaw like the frozen fruit thaws so then I take like usually like a quarter scoop of like vanilla protein powder and like, in you know, with like the mangoes or strawberries or whatever, and I'll kind of sprinkle and I'll mix it around and it makes it super creamy like ice cream. So then I either give it to the girls like that or I'll get the popsicle, uh, tray thing and I'll fill it up with that and freeze it and make popsicles like that.
1: Yeah. Like we do like the fruit, like the fruit popsicles and stuff yeah. and, um, that's really cool though like I definitely
0: uh but even like fruit popsicles like why can't it be that do you know what I mean like why why do popsicles why are popsicles still popsicles like how they were like when we were kids or like you know say well we're a little bit different but like when you know those type of just sugar water popsicles like why can't they be like fruit sorbets now like it's gonna be sweet enough like why does it need to be like total junk like why can't we start bridging some of these gaps a little bit more like authentically
1: yeah and like i think a lot of kids like their palates too just from day one they're built up really poorly like these kids whine and cry and like i want this so the parent gives in and gives it to them like i've seen parents older than me do it like it's not just these young parents that are giving in like there's such a high percentage of parents that are just caving into their children And we're only human, of course, people are gonna cave, but it's what you cave into is gonna make the difference. Like, for me, he's like, mom, can I have that? I'm like, absolutely not, you cannot have a Lunchable. Mm -hmm. I'm like, all of this, chemicals, chemical, 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 and now that he's under, like, he doesn't now when he walks by them, he doesn't even glance at them. Because I've portrayed to him, that's, look at how you're functioning now. He's like, yeah. I'm like, see, you feel better. You don't have a tummy ache. When he goes with grandma and grandpa, I try to be very cautious with them. And so I let him have smart sweets, these
0: little candies. So oh, yeah, them. I know, yeah. Or like I hate those. When They're so expensive, though. Oh, I know. They're like $3, fifty, four bucks 4 a package. And it's like, why can't it so be good. a little bit cheaper?
1: Yeah, like they're not making it accessible. Like if you want to kick sugar – make it a little bit more accessible for these kids to do that if you want to make a change take a little bit back and allow for people to be able to budget and get it like and same with like these Herbaland gummies that I know
0: you're a big big fan of like I love that my girls just power through those things but I hate how expensive they are yeah but I you know like and for people like if you don't know what a Herbaland protein gummy is like you know, like, they're, like, non-GMO, they're obviously gluten-free, they're vegan, they're vegetarian, they're halal, they're made with Canadian yellow pea protein, they're made in Richmond, BC, like, they're available online in lots of stores, like, they are amazing, but they're, they're like, four bucks, three bucks a package, like, again, it's just, like, they're so expensive, but uh, my girl's absolutely love those things
1: yeah and it's creating those choices for your kids and being able to show them like I made my kids baby food my grandma got me a baby bullet I was pulling vegetables out of my dad's ginormous garden beets beet tops like swiss chard I was blending it up freezing it and that's what he was eating for his baby food I didn't go to the store and buy a bunch of baby food those pouches those organic ones yeah they were helpful on the go but now they actually have pouch makers now apparently so you can they do yeah put your own stuff in it but then I just had the baby bullet and I would just blend up the food from my dad's garden and freeze it and I think that's what's got him eating a lot better at such a young age and stealing my broccoli and stealing my asparagus because he ate dark greens as a baby as much as
0: he didn't like it at first his palate grew to it so see and I've been like that with all three of my girls of that like It's easy to get kids to eat fruit. So, but like the longer you can hold off on giving them fruit when they're a baby and just like, you know, give them like, you know, like vegetables and like a wide variety of vegetables. Like, I just feel like it's so beneficial to, again, like training their palate and what they're going to like long-term as they're growing up. Because like as soon as you put that fruit in there, you like that that applesauce or like those strawberries, or the banana or like or like you just you know they're going there. Like everybody's going to. I would too, too. So I can't blame <laughs> them for not doing it. But like yeah, like I I've, I've been a big proponent of that too. You know, like just like vegetables for as long as possible. Because again, like you said, it's training their palate. It's like getting like an understanding and like coming back to those flavors later on because they're not completely foreign to them.
1: Yeah, like. Coming back to, like, the whole, like, university and kids and the eating, like, if you're so pushy and wanting to start your kid at a young age for that future, like, talking to them about university, why don't you have that mindset when you're feeding your kid to build up their palate for the future? You're thinking about building up their brain, but why not think about at a younger age and start building up their palate? which in the long run is going to give them a better mindset too because they're going to be eating healthier. They're going to be less brain fogged. And then you can talk more about the future. Start off when they're super young. Don't wait till they're in high school to start talking about like preparing you for the future and all this stuff. Start them younger. Like You have the ability to. You're with them. Do it.
0: See, and you know, I can't wait for the day that I actually feel like us as a society has started to make that switch of that – it's okay to have a heavy focus on educating our children on what it means to eat healthy and what it is to be healthy. And I don't understand why it's so wrong now. Like if you want your child to eat healthy and you don't want them to eat all the sugary junk and the garbage that we all know is not okay, like why is that bad? Like I, I just, like nobody nobody can even come close to explaining it to me of like why, it is so bad to want your child not to like hyper eat sugar or be exposed to it or not be educated on why they shouldn't be because I like the part that I have a tough time like you know like my oldest she goes to an amazing school you know but we get these newsletter homes you know like and you know like oh, the teachers ask that parents don't put juice boxes and candy and all this garbage in lunch boxes because you know it's hard to be able to manage all these kids in class get it 100 get it. don't have to sell me. But why when my daughter is walking out of the classroom, there's a teacher standing there with a huge bin of large sour keys, rewarding them for doing a good job in school, or they do good on a math test, so they get a bunch of Skittles, or they raised a bunch of money for the Terry Fox run, so they got an ice cream party. It's like, the hypocrisy here to me is just like, it's, it's overwhelming, you know, like for one i don't want my child to be rewarded with food especially sugar you know but for two why tell us that we can't put it in lunch boxes but you're gonna then send them home with this shit you know like i just like i don't get it i don't understand it for the life of me and when we culturally start to make some of those shifts i will be happy because like, as we know as parents, like, like we have influence over our children, but when they walk out that door, and as soon as they start going to kindergarten, like, kindergarten was an eye-opening experience for me, like, as a as a parent, because preschool wasn't that bad, but, like, kindergarten, I'm just like, oh, yeah, like, you're gone all the time, and you come home with, like, all of these new ideas every single day. So I'm like, there's a lot of influence. My parents tell you, like, kindergarten, like, changes your life. You're like, it really does. And, you know, so, like, now I'm like, I... I just wish that we were more unified as a society of like what we think is is like healthier, like giving our children the tools to be healthy.
1: Yeah, no, totally agree and like they just think giving them something's gonna give that kid satisfaction. It is for that moment in time, but I think it's also important that like more and more teachers are using words, use powerful words, teach kids that words are everything. You can take back something you said to someone if you said something hurtful, but in the long run, those words are still gonna matter to them. And what, like if you gave them something or what, that little thing you gave them is just an item that's been given. Teach these kids the powerful meaning of words. Give them that positive encouragement. Instead of, here, have some candy. It's just like that easy parent in the grocery store. Okay, my kid's screaming, I gotta get her this or him this no teach them that how powerful words are teach them to encourage each other with these words and that you don't need to receive a prize for doing a good deed like just words themselves mean more than anything
0: yeah you know and you and i didn't even really look at it from that standpoint or like i was more looking at like why not give them like apples you know but like yeah. where you said like why does it even need to be anything like yeah you raised some money for the terry fox run that that should be like your where you feel good like hey like I pitched in we raised this money we did the best like that should feel good not that there's then the reward behind it because the reward should be doing good of like being a part of your community and raising this money or doing good on a math test, you know, it's like you just did good on the math test because you didn't do bad. You know, like, it doesn't need to be all those hyper award systems all the time for every little thing that comes about, right?
1: No, because then you're setting a high expectation for those children and then those children always grow up expecting more, want to, like, hey, I did this, like, I should get a new car, mom, I graduated. No, teach your kids positive encouragement keeps them to work for themselves like let them build up their own life like I had to pay for my own car when I was out of high school if I wasn't in the school I was paying rent and I'm so happy I was raised that way because I have a sense of responsibility now like I have a kid and if I wasn't raised in that perspective I think me being a young parent because I had my kid by the time I was 22 I had my kid so I was very young, and most people at that age aren't in the kind of mindset that I already built up to because of just how I grew up and how my parents were like. No, you're not working. You're paying rent. If you're in school, I'll help you out, but you still gotta kind of make your own way. But
0: see, and it is those things because it's like I think because there's a really big shift that we think, like as parents or as a culture, society that like not forcing our children to live that way. We're doing them benefit, but it's not really like you know, I think we're kind of missing like, you know, we're there to be able to support our children when they fall. They're not completely out there on their own, but they still do need to have the tools to learn to be able to grow. Saying like I need to work hard, you know, like, you know, and I was having this conversation with a, with a client yesterday and we were talking about I'm like the more that we think like life should be like, I work Monday to Friday, I work nine to five, I have the weekend off, I have to go on Friday nights with my spouse and Saturday night with my buddies, you know, because I'm just not gonna get that, like, it's just all these little, like, boxes, you know, like that everybody has to fit in, there's nothing, there's no real anything, like, outside of that. So if you don't fit into that, or if you're not working inside that, then that's the abnormal side. But, like, where's, like, the expansion, like, the freedom behind it, like, where we teach our kids, like, the resiliency of just saying, okay, well, life is completely random like it is not nine to five it is not monday to friday it is not you go out on friday night. it's like it's it's life is an experience and it's completely random and like you need to experience that at that age you know kind of before we get to be 25 you know when the frontal cortex is now completely developed it's like you know as it's developing go through that stumbling process so by the time you get to 25 you're like okay i can handle this shit. not yeah. like you've been completely buffered from it all and then you've built your sense of understanding of the world before that and then you get kicked out into the world and it's like oh well this is completely different than participation ribbons and you know like you know getting 100 percent on everything just because i showed up and i sat there and did nothing or getting rewarded for every little thing that i do or you know not having to pay rent or you know getting all your cars given to you and all that kind of stuff right yeah it creates
1: some sense of like it creates a big sense of responsibility like I'm definitely happy I did because I if I wasn't raised that way I don't think I'd be where I am today like I don't think I would have handled my mom's situation as good as I did I don't think I would have handled being a young parent as well as I did like with what I was going through too like so for me I'm happy that like my parents taught me that and they weren't always there, but being able to, they dug it into me enough when they weren't there, I could still have that same feeling and be like, okay, I can handle this, I can do it. And going back to my shows and like perseverance, like that's what it's all about is, if you can get through these little obstacles and you can get through anything in life, you just gotta push through it. Like, yeah, losing my mom was extremely tough, but I still pushed through through my shows and was strong for my son because I was pregnant when it was all happening like stress is the worst thing you can do when you're pregnant like and that's what my mom told me like I just want the baby to be healthy if I don't get to meet him I still want him to be healthy like don't stress like go and enjoy your life like if I she had an awesome life and like philosophy like she's like if I'm gonna go I'm gonna go like my if it's my time it's my time it's I'm God's ready to take me up there she wasn't even a a firm believer in him but she believed in that when her time is up your time is up like when you've served your purpose you've served your purpose and as much as we want to be like oh I wish that person was back and stupid cancer took them away and these doctors didn't do enough and my sister looked at it from a totally different view she saw it as like the doctors could do something not necessarily like life is like you said it's sporadic like it's not set in stone it's not a plan like okay she's gonna die at this age or we're gonna have kids at this age and get married it just all happens it falls into place when it's the right time and that's part of enjoying life is not waiting for that time clock to tick to have that moment it's it could happen within the next couple hours for you you don't know so just go out and enjoy yourself and it's gonna be a a lot healthier of a lifestyle too like Stress is a huge killer, and more people are under it than they think they are.
0: Well, that and you know when it comes to stress, you know, like it is. I think a lot of people think of like you know, like stress just being like, like work stress or relationship stress, but you're like, you know, the inflammation that our bodies are in continually all the time by like the poor choices we make, like nutritionally and you know not being active. Like, I think because people don't fully understand that stress on our bodies they disregard it. Like, you know, like, when you bridge that gap with your son, it's like, well, the tummy ache. You know, like that tummy ache, you feel like this is the bad food that your body just doesn't want, doesn't know how to process, doesn't know how to digest. That's stress and that's inflammation on your body too. Um, But I just want to add something real quick. Like, because, you know, you've talked about perseverance and, you know, like like determination so much. You know, being 22, you know, pregnant and your mom being sick and then passing away and giving birth two weeks after your mom passed away, like like where's the fortitude there like it just like I couldn't even imagine like just you know being like young and going through so many like life-changing experience like being pregnant is obviously life-changing especially being that young <laughs> like your mom you know getting sick and then ultimately passing me and then you you know becoming a parent because like we all know you know when you're when women are pregnant and like the thought of becoming a parent for the first time, then actually like having that child is obviously totally different. Um, like, what was it like? Like, you know, were you just like steadfast me and get through this? Or was there some ups and downs there? How did you get through it?
1: Um, there, was, there was quite a few like ups and downs. Like, the, the, like going back to that time, like I actually went in to go get induced at the hospital that I was born at where my mom was in the hospice there so we knew she was like being put in the hospice like that's where she's gonna pass i was happy she was at the hospital we all were born at all of us cousins and everything and went in there i'm sitting there waiting to go get induced because they were gonna induce me so she could meet him um two people came down from the floor above me um came down didn't look like inducing people like they looked like office people i was like okay and i didn't think anything of it because I was just like, let's get this baby out, let's do this. And they actually came down and told me, hey, your mom passed two hours ago. So I was in the hospital right after my mom passed. Like I was sitting there thinking she was alive. They came down, they knew I was in the hospital somewhere, found me on the maternity ward and told me that. So that point I, like my body went into complete shock, but in the same sense what popped in my head, my mom's face popped in my head. And she was pretty much saying to me like, Don't stress, Like it's not the right time for the baby to come. And I have a feeling that that all happened for a reason because maybe something wasn't gonna go right in the inducing because they say, where you're at right now, even two weeks early can cause complications, but we're gonna do it because they knew my mom and the state she was in. And so they sat me in a room and it was, I just really thought to myself what she would want from me. Um, I definitely of course did break down like I was a wreck Um, one thing I kind of regret doing but in a sense I was happy I did was going to say goodbye to her Um, that definitely mentally got in my head a little bit like holding your parents cold dead hand but for me it was kind of closure so once I got that closure I was definitely still had tough times but accepting that closure was what made me push through was she knows like she knew I was gonna do great things we wrote her a journal so she had something in the hospital like we wrote in her book every day and would bring it to the hospital I was driving out to the v- VGH almost every single day pregnant um, trying to stay the night being that pregnant but I just couldn't and so having all those memories in my head and how hard she fought is Why would I quit on something that's so little like this when she fought for her life? Like, that's your life you're fighting for. This is just a show. It's a stage. They're just trophies. They're just things. So that's what really got me was thinking, like, she fought for something way harder, and if she can do that, and she had that mindset, and she wanted to see me do great things, I have to be like that too. So that's what really pushed me to that point was... I had to think about all the sad times. I do have to retrace sometimes, but think this thing she fought for it and the things that, like, the little things people are complaining for, like, they take their life so for granted. It's like some people are fighting for their life. Like, they wanted to chop off her leg because she got blood clots. She's like, mm-mm, you're not cutting it off. If I'm dying, I'm dying as a whole. She wow. wouldn't let them chop off her leg. So having her positive mindset like that when she was fighting off, she had pancreatic cancer, so it was terrible terrible disease and the fact that she was able to do that made me think I can do anything if she can fight six months through pancreatic cancer I can do anything in life I can push through these shows I can have this baby I can get married like I'm gonna one day own a house and now I do and I'm so happy that I was able to watch her fight as strong as she did because the doctors are like six months with that like they were shocked that she survived that long with how bad it was. So that's kind of what pushes me on with my Is If she could fight for her life, I can do absolutely anything else. Like anything is possible. If someone can fight that hard for their lives, you can fight to do that show. You can fight to play that soccer game. Like you can do anything. You just gotta think. Sometimes you do have to dig deep, but it's for me, it's digging deep and realizing that those things aren't that hard, which makes it easier.
0: What do you think about like how people only really choose to dig deep when they're in like their eleventh hour? You know, and I'm not I don't mean this in any reference to your to your mom. But I'm just saying like in general, people typically only like really fight for something that they want when there's like like the like the absolute necessity. You know versus like what you're saying right now where you're like I'm going to own a house, you know, I'm going to get married, I'm going to have this child, you're like, I'm going to stay on stage, nothing's going to stand. like, you're using that as a tool to be able to make your everyday life more successful, not just as in, like, in the 11th hour when, like, you need that strength, saying, like, I just need to be strong, you're like, my mom fought through this, I'm going to fight through this too, but, like, you use it as a tool every day, like, like, why do you think people just, they, they don't make that choice? Do you think it, it's it's hard for them or they just don't want to keep pushing themselves? Like, what makes you keep pushing yourself every day to even want to use that as a tool? Is it just, like, your mom's got your back and she's just pushing you through life?
1: That and, like, just the look on my kid's face when, like, and, like, making my dad really proud. Like, me and my dad were super close. Just seeing that sense of enjoyment on the, my family's faces also helps me like I use my mom a lot because we were like best friends I was at her house even as a grown adult like that's why I tell people don't nag on your mom or dad like they're telling you this for a reason spend as much time with them as you can don't resent them forgive and forget if something bad happened because you don't know when their time is up and I don't even like I look at it as a general lifestyle like you shouldn't have to just dwell on a moment because oh, i just got to do this because like this one show because of that no, I'm doing this for life, I'm doing this because I want my kid to grow up with a sense of enjoyment, like, it's why I do what I do, and I feel like people like me and you can create a bigger impact for people in the world, and getting the message out, like, you doing this podcast is absolutely amazing, because it's getting out to people that it is funny, you can just chit-chat about it, and everyone has a story, like, you're not the only one that's struggling, there's, everyone's out there struggling with something, and, You just gotta, you just gotta think of it in that way. Don't think of it as, okay, I gotta, I need to win this race today, so mom, please help me, or dad, please help me, I I need to get this done today. Like, grandma, you got my back. It should just be, that should be your way through life. Like, push to always strive to be better because that's where you're gonna get the enjoyment out of life. If you're doing the same thing every single day, it's gonna get boring. Your kids are gonna get bored. People around you are gonna pick up that boring, lame vibe, like, Just do it because you want to do it and it makes you feel good. And if those extra incentives help, like I do it because I want to. Having my mom's story gives me that extra push. That's the cherry on top. But for me, it's I know this makes me feel better and I know this makes my family feel better and I'm creating a healthy atmosphere amongst the people I know and because I don't I want to create as many healthy people as possible like that's one of the big main goals I have on my mind and doing it in a fun and non-restrictive way
0: see in <sighs> it and it's I love the way that you know you you wrap that whole story around because like the whole point behind you know like we are I is to for me because I've been in the fitness industry for so long and the one thing I can never stand is when people say like you know like I couldn't have done this without you and I'm always like yeah you can because like at best, I watched you do it. Like I didn't do any like. And there's like, oh, but I, you know, like you gave me the tools. I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, not really. I'm like, like you have the tools. This is who you are. Like you accomplish this stuff. You know, that had nothing to do with me. I simply got to spectate the experience. That's it. You know, and you know, like with the concept of we arise. You know, taking individuals off the pedestal and realizing that we're all the same. Because, like you said, everybody has some kind of story. It's just that's when I asked you earlier, it's like, why do people not challenge themselves anymore? Cause you know, people are just statically bored and like, there's a lot of life that just is boring. So you're like, yeah, you know, if I had to wake up every Monday morning at, you know, seven o'clock to be ready by eight to get in the car to drive to work at nine to go to the office and get off at five like I would fucking hate my life too like I would just like that just like just talking about like that one day just sounds so monotonous to me (laughs) and that's typically like a lot of people's life and like when people are like well Blake you know like why do you like get up so early you know you're always on the go you're always doing stuff I'm like because I am doing like point zero 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 one percent of what life has to offer and people think i'm busy and i just i there's so many things to do and so many things to experience and it's like i just want to be a part of as much as i can because it is so fun like i love every second of it
1: yeah and like that's it like do it because you want to do it don't do it because someone's telling you to do it or you saw that on tv so you think you have to do it this way or you're seeing someone on social media and you're like oh they're getting up at seven in the morning running 10k and then they're going and doing sit-ups or pull-ups or going for a bike ride after their run or something like they're making that choice you don't have to do that to live and enjoy your life you can shoot do something that's gonna give you fulfillment pretty much like you don't necessarily have to copy what people are doing stay active eat good and enjoy life wake up knowing you have a purpose in this world like we are all blessed to be on this earth like what are the chances of a, a human being being created with like the eggs and the sperms and stuff like we're lucky to be on this earth and each one of us is put on this earth for a reason and it's just finding your why and living in the now
0: you know and like it's just like it's the the concept and the conceptual mentality of saying like i want to try something new you know because i think like we end up talking a lot about these kind of things because like fitness and being active is like a big part of our lives but that's one thing i always say to people i'm like like your gig might be like trigonometry or like it might be sudoku puzzles or like it might but just like just go try to find some new things along what you are excited about you know like if you like sudoku puzzles and crossword puzzles like just like there's lots of stuff like that out there now like just go find it and try it and then you know wave around and see what else kind of like sparks your interest sometimes and then do that every once in a while and you know like just just get out there and go do things and i love the one thing that I really like like looking around at like environments now is you know saying like places like this like private clubs they offer a small community and then you know seeing like these these craft breweries and distilleries because i've just recently been like heavily educated on like how this is the first time ever in like humanity's history that craft breweries and distilleries have actually existed and they've created these little pockets of communities of people who are super passionate about stuff but then you look around and you're like okay well there's these gyms, there's these breweries and these distilleries and there's these little places where you can go and play board games with your friends and there's these like places where you can go paint and I'm like there's it's starting to come back like you know like artisan techniques and that way of life is starting to come back. Like people are just like, no, I wanna get out there and create places where like communities can come join and laugh and you know have fun and like be a part of like an experience there's so many of them starting to happen and starting to open in so many different concepts and I love that.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's absolutely amazing. Like that's why like eventually, yeah, I'd love to own like a little fitness studio. Like that's one of my dreams. Like my dad is interested in something like that too. He's 61 now, so he's thinking, slowly thinking about retirement. He is a bit of a workaholic, but uh, <laughs> but that's where I feel like I also get my drive from too. Like he has that same aspect and look out on life like he was a recovering addict like he's been clean now for 15 years but he went down a pretty pretty dark path and like my mom was an alcoholic and stuff so like i could have went down a completely wrong way but watching my dad i think transform into the guy he is like he went from he was still around still always had his job but the weekends he was out in Vancouver spending lots of money like he worked hard for his money but he would spend it still went on vacations but like just watching him have that turnover and like having this health and wellness perspective like when my mom got sick they weren't even together they hadn't been together for probably like 16 17 years but they grew up together so when he saw her get sick that's when he took a big turn on his health, and now me and him are talking about wanting to have a little fitness studio to just open up the community, and...
0: But it's even cultural shifts like that that I appreciate, where like, these people who shouldn't really be in that mold. You know, like, not everything that your dad is being through, but because he's like in his early 60s, like, that is not typically somebody that you think would be starting to become aware of, like, health and fitness. But if they are, that's the best part about this movement. And, like, you know, people like you who've inspired some people. Like, you know, I tell people about this podcast all the time is I would rather there be, like, a million podcasts influencing, like, two people each than one podcast trying to influence everybody. Yeah. so if you can just be a part of that movement, it's like... You know, when I got into like health and fitness, like it was nothing like what it is today. But I just, I love being a part of it because the more people that become a part of it, the more that there's gonna be people in their 60s and 70s that are gonna be like, you know what? No, I'm not gonna have type two diabetes. No, I'm not gonna have you know high blood pressure because I know I can prevent these on my own. I don't need pills. I don't need this. I don't need to go to the doctor. I can choose just a healthier, more active lifestyle, make better dietary choices, and I can own my own life because of that. And I love seeing those shifts starting to come around. You know, so hearing stories about like your dad wanting to do that, I think like those are the most rewarding ones because that's teaching an old dog new tricks.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's crazy like being my age, I didn't think I could like give us such a positive impact on someone like my dad's age. Like he started really getting into it like probably six years ago, like right when my mom passed and just i didn't think i could give that kind of impact on someone like him and him like he'll be fle- oh i caught him the other day flexing his tricep oh, in the awesome, and, I was I like, and he didn't know and i was like <laughs> yeah. oh dad you're flexing and he's like oh you saw that and i was like of course and yeah, like now I he tells that. me to go kill it or crush it like i'm opening his mind up now like he used to be
0: because he knows what it feels like to go crush it you know what i mean yeah. like i love that when people can experience that or like you know seeing like that old dude who's like 70 banging chins i'm just like that's awesome man i'm like i just want to be like you so bad you know i'm like i know i got like 40 more years to go but i'm like when i get to be in my 70s if i can bang chins like you that's gonna be awesome
1: like he's doing he can still do one-arm push-ups
0: that's awesome like he did 30
1: of them in a row like young guys giving him a hard time it's like see like age is just a number and people really need to get that like you now that I created that impact for him like now I can see that you can create a positive impact on anyone like I did it for my brother who's 12 going on 13 did it for my dad who just turned 61 like such a wide range of gaps of opening these people's eyes up and it's just showing that more and more people like me and you are getting it more aware to people that like even those people that didn't know what the stuff was back in the day they're like wow like and then once they get that good feeling, they just keep going. They're like, I feel alive. I feel good. Like I feel on top of the world. Like I hope when I'm in my 60s, I can still be doing some push-ups and chin-ups. Like, like, and- doesn't
0: it make you wonder? Like what? Like so, all these people are doing these things. A lot of them, you know, kind of like retook it over. You know, maybe back in like their 50s or they're just starting now in their 60s and they're starting to come around. But like, like where I look at, I'm like, man. Like by the time I get to be. 60, for example, like, you know, I really started seriously both feed into this, um, oh, like, I, I don't even know when I can officially these, I'll, I'll use, like, moving to BC as, like, the example, because that was when I actually got into, like, personal training and all that kind of stuff. So, like, you're talking, like, I was 19 when I moved out here, and I'm 36 this year. And, like, to stack all those years on top of it, you know, and just being, like, there's so much money and exercise science and, extra, like, you know, like, nutrition science and all these kind of things. Like, where we're going to be when we get to 70 is going to be pretty crazy.
1: It's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be really cool to kind of see how everything's
0: evolved and how much of an impact this movement is making for people. Because the people at- like your dad are, are little gateways, right? Like, there are our little windows to be, like, Oh, I kind of see there's something happening. You know, like you know having yeah, to be like that guy. You know, like flexing in the mirror. But like because we've lived it our our entire lives, you know, like instead of flexing in the gym mirror is gonna be like you know there's gonna be a massive group of people. You know, like summoning Everest at 70 or 80. You know, like is that what it's gonna like just real crazy things? Like who knows what it's gonna be?
1: Yeah. No. So I'm I'm really excited. Like. We're going to California in September, and the thing he said to me like, "Hey Britt, we're hitting up the beach at, we're hitting up the Venice Beach, and we're having a workout outside." Yeah, me and you. absolutely. And like, just the fact that his mindset's there. Like, I still drive out to Langley to meet him for a workout. Like, I'm gonna go home, pick up the kid, meet my dad at the gym later tonight because he still goes to Golds out here. So I'm making the drive. We're gonna train together. It's what I try and do twice a week now. Now that I moved trying to make it out and do those workouts with him because I know it really helps motivate and push him and me watching his progress from like, when I signed him up at that gym a long time ago, it's insane, like I'm... But even like take it
0: one (laughs) step further down the road than that is that, your son seeing you and like your little brother seeing you and like, you know, your sister seeing you, like, you know, all these people seeing like that because it's like the passive education, right? Like, they see you doing it, they see you loving it, you know, your dad loving it, like your son, you know, me, hear the like, oh, it's just gonna be such a long drive, but you go do it anyway. Or, you know, like, like the discomfort and, you know, in maybe your guys' lives to be able to go out and help your dad. Like, he's gonna see that and filter that in his mind and he's gonna take that away for the rest of his life
1: yeah and like I'm I'm just like super proud of like how far he's come already too like his mindset and stuff like he just always wants to be trying new things like mommy I'm gonna go climb that really big tree I'm like okay Yeah. I was like be careful that's all I say and just let him do his thing like and he I love being able to give off this vibe to him like so many parents like struggle or they're like I'm going out this weekend again bye honey it's like, you no, know, when I tell my kid I'm leaving the house, it's I'm going to the fruit and veggie store, I'm going to the gym, like, I make sure I le- the words I leave with him are positive and nothing that's gonna kind of create a barrier in his brain, like, I really watch the words that I'm saying to him because It affects our children. If you tell your kid you're going to the bar for a beer this weekend and like every single weekend, they're going to get a different image of you than what you're actually trying to portray to them as a parent.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But knowing that, I know that you have to go grab your son. So we'll end that there. So uh, just so that people can get a hold of you, drop like some some Instagram, some Facebook. Like how can people get a hold of you if they want to hire you as a trainer or, you know, talk nutrition, talk some shop. Like how can people get a hold of you?
1: Um, You can uh, reach me through my Facebook, uh, Brittany Lynch, uh, B-R-I-T-N-E-Y-L-Y-N-C-H. I I am also on Instagram as B-Leave with two E's and a dot in between every letter. Um, You can contact me through DM there or through my email directly, B-W-A-S-Y-L-E-S-K-Y at Hotmail.com for any training inquiries or even just uplifting advice. Hit me up, guys. I'd love to help you out.
0: And as all episodes, that'll be available in in the notes section and stuff everywhere to be able to get a hold of Brittany. And I just want to thank you so much for coming on. That was just like a a vortex of time, like what it usually is. But um, I had an amazing time with you coming on the show today.
1: Thank you for having me, Blake. I had a great amount of fun here. It was a pleasure talking with you. Thanks.